Presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Uh, this is take two. Um, the big guys are uh, off campus tonight. They are hanging out at Lizzie Borden for the Dead of Winter event. Uh, Tim Weisberg and uh, Matt Moniz, we're sending out our love to them. And uh, this is Chris Balzano. I'm going to do what the, what the gentlemen usually do, which is talk to you the way they do every Saturday night uh, about all things unusual, all things creepy, and all things spooky. Um, originally, we had Jackie Barrett scheduled for tonight. It looks like even though she's not going to be on tonight, the, uh, the curse that is Jackie Barrett has impacted the show. So while there will be no swearing, I'm sure we are uh, guaranteed to have some technical difficulties. So uh, we are online now. Um, and Cops, are you there, brother? I'm here. Excellent, excellent. So were you uh, at the event, had to get pulled away to, uh, to play with us tonight, or were you out working? I was out, I was out make, trying to make some bacon. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I, we, we still have a really interesting show for you tonight, although it's going to be uh, abbreviated due to our late start. But um, we have a very interesting guest coming on tonight. Her name is Carrie Fermanick. Um, she is from northern Massachusetts, and... Uh, Someone I've worked with uh, for a few years now and, uh, and had many conversations with, and I think that there are definitely two um, aspects of her life in the paranormal that we need to explore tonight. So um, why don't we try to bring her on? Hey, how are you? Hi, I think we lost Chris there, which is something. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but or that's technical fine. difficulties. That's fine. Why don't you... Uh, Give us a little uh, information on what you do up in the, uh, is it around the North Shore of Massachusetts that you work out of? No, it's more so the Central okay. Massachusetts area. Yeah, yeah down, I, down on the South Coast, we don't get to hear much about uh, what you guys do up there as far as paranormal-wise. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how much things have changed, but I, I actually got started back in this, back in 2002. Um, I actually had a haunted house. Um, you know, had some strange things happening, and uh, got in touch with uh, a gentleman by the name of Troy Taylor, and he put me in touch with uh, a group uh, by Cape and Islands Paranormal Research Society, Derek Bartlett, and um, that's oh, how yeah. I basically got started. But it's quite interesting. Yeah, Derek Bartlett is a good, uh, a good friend of ours, and um, I, I believe we have Chris back on the line. Okay. Hey, how are we? Look at that. Technical difficulties avoided. I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's the, even when she's not on, it's the curse of Jackie Barrett <laughs> that's uh, infecting our phone lines tonight. <laughs> it's got to be so, that dark cloud hanging around, I'm telling you. <laughs> that, and I'm telling Carrie, you know, the, 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 uh, I think that the, the paranormal forces are, are scared when you and I get together as well, because uh, on several occasions you and I have had to uh, have almost met face to face and something has always kind of come up. So uh, I think it's just the paranormal forces and maybe a little bit of Jackie Barrett on the on the backswing. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> well I wanted to I wanted to kind of preface um, 
uh, what we're going to talk about tonight in the, in the first little segment here with um, <clears throat> two kind of short stories. And, and one is, is a personal experience, and the other one kind of comes from the news. Um, we're approaching the five-and-a-half-year anniversary of the shooting of Rachel Bresnik. Um, and for paranormal investigators and the paranormal community who don't know who that is, she was a cheerleader who, with a group of friends of hers, were kind of uh, roaming around what was called or what was considered the spooky house in the neighborhood. Um, and they were kind of doing what they considered like a ghost hunt, although it was, you know, they weren't necessarily investigators, but they were, you know, doing investigating their way. And Rachel was shot in the head um, by the owner of the house who was tired of people uh, coming around his house and, and thinking there was something up with it. And uh, he's actually serving. She has made a miraculous recovery. She survived uh, and is now an inspirational speaker and, and going on with her life. Um, and he is serving 19 uh, years in prison for this. Um, oh, wow. And it kind of goes along with this, this story that I want to. And, and, Carrie, I'm sure you have experienced this, and it kind of leads into um, a really interesting investigation I want to talk to you about tonight. Um, and that is when I, wow, years ago when I first started uh, and I had my website up, um, I had a section dedicated to hauntings that I had heard of. Mm -hmm. um, and one of those, I won't say the, the name of it because it's since been taken down. One of those was, you know, I got it from another site. A few other sites had it. Um, and there was a little bit of a cut and paste kind of thing going with it. But I, I thought it was an intriguing story, and I put it up there. And almost immediately, I got feedback from people telling me the details were wrong, that I had gotten the wrong town, the wrong street name. Uh, and then I was contacted uh, by several different people who knew the... Um, who knew a family uh, who lived on that road who, because of the, because they were old and elderly and couldn't really take care of their house, people uh, were going out investigating the paranormal, thinking this was the, had to be the haunted house because it was so derelict. And they were bothering this old couple, and they were roaming around their yards, and they were, like, knocking on their doors, and the people asked me to put it down. And so, you know, obviously I didn't want to lead to the, to the torture of old people. Um, so, I, you know, so I took it down. But it, it kind of goes to this. You know, is there proprietary rights in the paranormal, if you will? You know, are there some investigations that uh, have negative impact on the place that might become, like we've called on this show, a paranormal landmark? And then you have a case that's very much like that, right? Um, yeah, there is a particular place that I've I've been, you know, I've, I've visited for for many years, and and it's kind of along the same lines. And we we actually. Um, my my old team and I uh, we had permission to be there, and you know over the years, um, you know we've seen a lot of people go there, and kind of kind of the same thing. It, it, they kind of you know would would publicize you know this particular area, and you know a lot of the town people uh, weren't really. It was becoming a problem because it meant more police patrol. It meant more of you know, monitoring of this particular area and it, to the point where it almost actually became, you know, a TV, a live TV event. And, you know, it was something that it's very hard. It's like a, it's, it's, you know, getting back to, you know, the girl going on that person's property and I'm glad she, you know, made a miraculous recovery. But it, it it's very hard in this field, you know, when it comes down to the whole respect factor and there there's a fine line, I think, and... You know, permission is, is one of the main key factors when it comes down to investigating. Right. Well, let's take a step back, Carrie, because I'm not sure uh, what got, uh, my intro got, got on and what didn't uh, get on, but um, 
Karen Fomanik, uh, formerly the the um, the head, uh, if you will, of, of Magic, uh, which was uh, one of the one of the it seems one of the original, at least in terms of '90s and, and turning of the millennium paranormal groups in Massachusetts. And uh, why don't you take us back and just give us some of the details of the case? Because it's an amazing investigation, and you've done amazing research. Aside from the sideshow that kind of developed around it, so. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable telling us the place where it is, if you can just give us like a little bit of a history of the place and maybe your involvement in it. Um, well, the hi- the history of the place, I've, I've got to really watch on 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 what I deliver as a message um, with, with the history behind it because it's very, um, it is a landmark. Um, it is very easily really researchable um, online. Um, it, it was supposed to be the original um, capital of Massachusetts. Um, in regards to when Massachusetts was first founded, um, there's a lot of history to the land in itself uh, for what it was used for. It's now um, currently, you know, a state park where a lot of people can go to. Um, but in regards to more so in-depth history to the, the, the foundations and the buildings that are left there, I really can't disclose too much about that. Um, but there, the, over the course of the years that I've been going there, there's been some remarkable things that have transpired uh, that would make anybody stand back in awe. I've turned people who were skeptics into believers. So, can you get into any of those for us, or what was that? Can you get into any of those experiences that you had there? Uh, some of the experiences uh, where you literally can. Off in the distance, I would say maybe about 100 to 200 feet, football field length away over a field um, at the top of a hill, trying to describe this the best that I can, there's like an old cart road, and you could actually see a figure, a shadow figure, march back and forth across. Um, You know, you're at the bottom of the hill, and you look up at the top of the hill, and you can kind of sort of see, you know, this figure go back and forth. So we've experienced actual audible uh, voices, uh, children, um, women's voices, different aromas. Um, I've actually got an EVP of got, like of we're walking uh, down one of the the pathways there, and uh, a bunch of us. Um, this was years ago, and her we didn't hear it, but the EVP picked up a gunshot. Uh, someone said, "Oh, that's got to be a car backfiring," but we're like in the middle of nowhere's land. There's no cars. <laughs> um, right. We've gotten stones tossed at us. There's been different uh, members of my team that have been tugged on, pulled on, um, touched in different ways. There's just, over time, I mean, it's not something that's, it, it sounds like a lot, but it's been, you're talking about 10 years now. Right. So how did you first hear about this? Was it one of the places that kind of was on the, the paranormal map then, or was it, um, you thought it was someplace that had high probability uh, how had you heard rumors about it, and then you started going in? Well, actually, it, it was just something that I stumbled upon. When I first started uh, my team, it was just me and this girl by the name of Tracy. And what ended up happening was is we were just going to, like, local cemeteries and kind of putting our, getting our feet wet, um, you know, learning about different things. And, you know, back then, um, you know, we were part of, uh, after I left Eric's group, um, because I lived in Athol. Now, Athol to, just to give a little more history, from Athol to Hyannis, that's like three and a half hours. <laughs> so 
So that was a that was a quite of a, a lengthy haul. So he has actually put me in touch with Grant Wilson um, from TAPS, and um, Grant was the one that actually built my first website, and uh, we actually became part of the TAPS family um, back in the day. And you know when you know I first started out, he's like, well, you know, look, you know, look for local history, you know, places that would hold a lot of history, and that's when my fingers started doing the walking on the internet and. You know, I, I found, like, different cemeteries and different stories, and I found, you know, that there was this, this location um, that I had mentioned and it in the, some of the history that was behind it, and that's kind of how it all started. So it started you know, originally for you as a, you know, this is a very historic place in Massachusetts. Um, it has some, some sketchy um, background, which since you started kind of doing your work has gotten blown out of proportion and there's been a lot of, you and I used earlier the word um, misinformation about it. Um, but you, you went in there from a history aspect first. And that's, that's kind of the, the interesting thing that as, this, as we kind of talk about this a little more. Is Chris, that, I hate to interrupt. Part. Yeah. But uh, we're going to have to uh, go for the news at the top of the hour. Okay. So there we, we go. We're going to come back but, on the other side. Uh, Carrie's going to continue on this story. She's going to tell the story of kind of her journey through the paranormal, which in and of itself is kind of interesting. So we'll be back. It's funny, isn't it? How everybody in town's afraid of you. What's going to happen tomorrow is going to happen, and all your worry in the world isn't going to change that. Spooky South Coast is back. Are we back? We are back. We are back. We Excellent. Are back. In fact, <laughs> welcome, welcome back to uh, Spooky South Coast, uh, running at its own pace tonight in its own way. Chris, I have um, to say, every time, every time we do this, it's it's always a good time. Yeah, I just yeah, want to put that know, out there. Although, although this time I'm not in my kitchen with 17 <laughs> pairs of headphones, so it's uh, at least I'm doing it with the, the comfort of my new iPhone. So mm, uh, fancy, get some advertising dollars right there. Um. So I'm Chris Balzano. Uh, if you were expecting to hear Tim Weisberg and Matt Moniz uh, bickering uh, with some guests about something having to do with the paranormal, you are uh, incorrect, sir and ma'am. I am here. Um, and we're here with Carrie Fermanick, and she's going to continue her story. But before we do that, uh, we have a call on the line for some uh, upsetting news. So uh, why don't we bring Spooky South Coast's favorite online, Keith Johnson. Keith, are you there? We have everybody up on the air right now. Yeah, everybody's up. Keith, everybody? are you there? Yes, I am here. Hi, Keith. How are you tonight? It's Chris Balzano. Good. How are you doing, Chris? Good to talk to you. I know. Good to talk to you, too. I wish we could uh, <laughs> talk some time not over the lines of Spooky South Coast. I miss you. I know. I miss you, too. And uh, how's Carrie doing? I'm doing really good, Keith. It's nice to hear your voice. Oh, it's nice to hear your voice, too. Glad to... Here you on here and everything. And I have some news. Um, our good friend, Tim Yancey, everybody knows and loves Tim Yancey, him and his wife Trish. Well, uh, Tim is uh, not doing well tonight. He was rushed to the hospital uh, with chest pain, so we're keeping him in our thoughts and prayers, and I'd like to get the word out about that. So Tim Yancey? Tim Yancey of EncountersLive.com, um, so people can can uh, 
go on there and they can send their messages and, and just keep uh, Tim in their thoughts over the next couple of days so we hear something more. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's good to talk to both of you. Uh, you're, you're both great people. Chris and Carrie, right. you couldn't find two nicer people in the paranormal, so it's a it's great to connect to you, and uh, I hope we keep in touch more, like you said. I do too, Keith. I think it's strange we we bring on a, a Massachusetts guest, and uh, everyone seems to know everyone, which is which is the way it should be. Yes, yeah, exactly. And that's the way it is in New England, especially. Everybody knows everybody. You know, I think it's funny. I mean, uh, Carrie and I were talking about this uh, earlier off air about um, the way Massachusetts and New England might be different than some other places uh, across the country, and yet there, there seems to be a, a tide turning in that. Keith, have you experienced uh, more of kind of a, uh, uh, an exclusive, uh, letting people out, uh, bickering kind of thing in the past couple of years? I mean, because your history with this spans more than all of ours. Yes. I think, you know, the... The bickering always goes on, of course. That that will always be there. But I think that uh, I think people are becoming more aware, and I think it's starting to gel where where people are becoming more real. And those who are really interested in in people, and uh, instead of just uh, you know the facades, I think right. I think it's all gelling together, and a lot of progress has been made in that. So uh, I'm very optimistic about the future of the paranormal community in that way especially. And that's exactly what I was going to say. If you want the optimistic view, you got to call in Keith Johnson because uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's usually oh, a sunshine that follows you around. Yeah. I try to stay optimistic as possible. You know, Sandra and I both, and uh, we, Sandra and I both send our love to you all and um, glad everything's doing so well. Well, excellent. Well, thank you very much for calling in. We'll, we'll keep Tim uh, in our thoughts. And like I said, you guys can, can stop by EncountersLive.com uh, if you want to leave a message or just uh, hopefully they'll be posting something up about, about his, uh, about his uh, situation. So thank you very much for calling in, Keith. Okay. God bless you. God bless Carrie. Yes, Keith. Take care. You Take care. Bye-bye. That was Tim Johnson. Um, I, I've got to say it's hilarious because you know when I first met um, when I first met Keith and Sandra I thought wow being, being this this hardcore Massachusetts cynic and and you know uh, you know Boston Metro everything sarcastic I was like these guys have got to be faking then I came to realize no they're actually genuinely nice people they are <laughs> very so, nice people even by even by paranormal standards. Excuse me? So excellent. So, 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 Carrie, let's get right back into this uh, investigation. I think where we left off, you had you had kind of said that you uh, had originally entered this uh, this haunting as not even knowing if it was really a haunting. Just through the history of it, you thought that that there was stuff there that might have been um, that might have been fertile ground for the paranormal, and you started to investigate. Right, and that's in this. Then all of a sudden, you know, I just went and set up some equipment and, you know, went in with my recorder and, you know, an old-fashioned tape recorder. It wasn't some fancy-dancy digital recorder now. And, you know, and I got some, you know, intelligent responses and it just started snowballing from there. And it's like, i got to go back. i got to go back. And where I had permission, you know, to be there, 
You know, it was it was a great asset because it was this this place that had all this history behind it, and you know, went right went on and, from there. And for those uh, people who who aren't familiar with your work, even though your your old group's name was Magic, um, probably nothing could be further from the truth in terms of your approach to the paranormal. You're very straightforward. Um, you think in terms of uh, scientific method and looking at things, you, you rely heavily on equipment, um, and you're a, a, a paranormal thinker in terms of, you know, you, you and I were having a discussion about humidity um, earlier today. So, so you were going in there with equipment um, trying to get information. Mm-hmm. And your results were getting positive, right? Correct. Correct. Um, you know, and that's a one, one other thing, too. You know, when you, when you start talking about, like, scientifically and going at things together and, you know, I mean, even, like, with my team and going at it and, you know, pulling, you know, information, like, that one particular place, and it, it took years, you know, to kind of figure, you know, like a, a method to madness, so to speak. Okay, we know an audio recorder works. We've got, we've got EVPs. You know, we've known each one of us have had personal experiences, whether it be, you know, visual, being touched, audible, you know, hearing it, you know, out there. And it's funny because the ones that you hear, you don't actually catch from there. Um, there's been a couple that you can hear it, but it's not as loud as what you actually hear it as. Like somebody, you like say if somebody said your name and they were standing next to you, but you go back and listen to it and it sounds muffled, like from way, ways away. So um, it's just been a, that, that, that area in itself, and don't mind me. I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit tired there, Chris. I got a newborn baby who keeps me up nights. But I'll try to make it through the, the, the two hours. Or how, what time is it now? It's 11.15. Anytime, anytime you need to drop out, uh, you know, the, the real world calls, you just got to tell us. Yeah, no. You know, being a, mo- a single mother of four kids, it, 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 it gets a little tedious at times. Anyhow, um, when, when, you know, going back to, you know, that one particular area, you know, and the equipment and the scientific level and aspect of it. You know, it's very frustrating, too, because sometimes, you know, being at this, and I'm sure you've seen this, too, you know, over the course of the 10 years, when you have all these, you know, you know new teams starting up, they're going at it with all, you know, they have to go spend tens of thousands of dollars, you know, for all this equipment. And some of it, to be all honest with you, rarely do you find, you know, some that actually, like, have worked, you know, like you know, if you go over with a recorder, you might get responses. Do you know what I'm saying? But like, um, right. I see people that okay, they want to become a paranormal investigator, and they feel that they need to have all this equipment in order to to do that job. And you do need to take a scientific approach to it. However, sometimes you could, and I've had this happen, videotape something um, that you're witnessing with your own eyes, like. As an example, there was one place me and uh, three of my members at the time had gone to. It was a cemetery. And we had just come back from our trip from New Hampshire, and um, we went on a paranormal trip up to my my old stomping ground um, where I grew up. And uh, we stopped at the cemetery. We all witnessed this ball of light. It had to probably be a little bit bigger than a softball, um, smaller than a soccer ball. And it, and it moseyed on the ground. And it was about a foot off the ground. It illuminated the ground. We're taking pictures. We're doing, running audio. We're videotaping. And guess what? Nothing came out. Huh. So in, in some aspects, you know, 
technical equipment and stuff, it's great to have, but it's not always going to capture everything that you want to capture, too, as well. Right, right. So. And one thing I, I wanted to pose to the, the audience is because, you know, I think one of the things that we're going to touch upon, if you can hold up, <laughs> is uh, this, this idea of rules within the paranormal. So if, if, if anyone wants to call in, coffee, you can give the numbers when I'm done. Uh, if anyone wants to call in and well, tell us a something that they feel has to be a rules in the paranormal, something that investigators have to follow. Um, I would be, I would love, I would love to hear those. We can make a, a spooky South Coast running list of what our our listeners think are, you know, the unbreakable paranormal rules. But um, at what point, Carrie, did the um, did your investigation to this place become more public and more people started going there? Um, it, it started. Probably um, when the TV boom started with the paranormal shows on TV, I think mm-hmm. more people got involved. And, I mean, I actually saw New England go from, like, five, five well, not New England, but Massachusetts go from four or five groups all the way up to, like, 37 groups, I think, at one point. So I, I think when, when more people started getting involved and, Somebody had taken some information and off of my website and went there, and then it kind of like snowballed. This one knew this one, and from this group, and next thing you know, there's different groups visiting, and then there was actually a a, um, a documentary that was written about the place, and so it kind of um, it was like did an they cover the paranormal. Did they cover the paranormal side in this uh, documentary, or just they they touched on it a little bit. Um, okay. And I do have a, a, a waking kid here. So um, okay. is it possible maybe if you took some, some calls there with that, that paranormal rule and uh, I can give you a call back in in about five minutes? Sure, sure. I can, I can, uh, I can fill the time <laughs> if we don't have anyone calling, if we have people calling. So, um, Kafka, why don't, we, um, why don't we have her, uh, want to call her back in about five minutes? Does that sound good? That works for me. Okay. Kafka, you with us, brother? Sounds good. Okay. And sorry, I'm sorry about those... that, guys. I'm sorry oh, these no problem, parents Carrie, out no there problem. understand. <laughs> so, oh, of course. Right, thank you. I'll, I'll be waiting oh, your no call. Problem. All right. So if Bye-bye. you want to, uh, to contact us about your, um, about your kind of unbreakable rules, um, you can call in at 508-996-0500. Uh, or the toll-free number, because I know we're having a lot more um, national and international calls, would be 877-996-1420. And I think one of the things she was touching on is really interesting, and you see it a lot with um, the paranormal uh, kind of hotspots. Once they get a little bit of buzz, all of a sudden, um, everyone kind of wants to go there, and it becomes something new. And, yeah, it and becomes kind of, of a tourist attraction. Yeah, one of the, one of the places that, to me, I really think of is, um, because, you know, places like Lizzie Borden or Waverly Hills or, or uh, Penn Sanitarium, they, they kind of are, they can cater themselves to that. But there's a lot of places, especially ones that are outside, um, ones that are local, um, that are not kind of set up to be, <laughs> to, to take a dollar if you want to come investigate, that kind of thing. Um, I think a lot of Vale End Cemetery, um, which the people of Wilton, New Hampshire, knew about for years, um, and the Blue Lady that's there, and, and some other investigations. And then um, Hollow Hill and Fiona Broom started publishing 
some of the things there which we've kind of now confirmed were, along with some of the other paranormal activity, uh, a whole bunch of puck wedgie type things. Um, and I remember when I originally went there, uh, that would be like in 2001, the summer of 2001, um, <clears throat> some of the locals were already saying that people um, were abusing the cemetery, that people were taking pieces of the Blue Lady's headstone, uh, that people were trouncing all over there, um, that people were hanging out in the woods t- trying to scare people, that it had become this, it had gone from this really interesting kind of locally known, local legend, paranormal investigation, you know, paranormal happenings. They weren't even investigating, they were just trying to experience it, to, you know, this place where they had to close the cemetery down at night, they had to, you know, start hiring, pe- hiring more police to patrol it at night, and it really kind of got out of control. Have you ever found that uh, um, the more popular a location gets, do you think it hinders activity there, or do you think it makes it more active? I, I do, I do. I, I know that, you know, there's that whole theory, and, and Tim's talked about this a lot, um, about that people wanting it to be haunted, and so it becomes haunted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of their thought, their, their thought forms start to um, start to come into play. But I think then you're not investigating that location anymore. You're investigating kind of what that location has become. Yeah, I think it can totally... It, either way, it changes the atmosphere of the place. It changes the paranormal background of the place, which, depending on what you're looking for, is a, um, is a perfect, um, you know, that kind of investigation. You just have to shift your mindset. But I think it definitely kind of taints what you're getting there. Yeah, not, not that I um, go out and investigate as often as I, I would like to. Um, I found that the more famous the place gets... The less people want to investigate there. Really, they, they kind of just they kind of just want to hang out and um, <laughs> and right. gab and like talk about things and like I don't know. That's what I find. It seems like they just want to be there. And yeah, yeah, not, not to, think... and legend trip to coin Jeff Belanger's phrase. <laughs> so. I think that you know, that, and that's perfectly fine. I think that the paranormal needs places to meet up and to do some. Uh, to do some just chit-chatting. And yeah, not all of, the time, know. but I mean, sometimes. I, sometimes I see it. I mean, I know I, I don't even try to investigate those places. Um, even when I was much more active when I was in Massachusetts, I wanted the, the place that no one had heard of yet. I was so much more intrigued oh, by... such a hipster. Um, I don't know, <laughs> you know, and I stopped listening to Nirvana when they got popular. You're a paranormal and... hipster, Chris. <laughs> I am. I'm actually wearing a fedora right now. And I have a pack of cigarettes rolled up in my shirt. So, you know, and, oh, and, and Carrie, I know she's not on air with us anymore, but she's an excellent case study in this. So I'm going to talk about her behind her back because um, <laughs> she's not here. Um, because she is, is someone who I, I met around 2001. Um, and as a matter of fact, almost from the time that I met her, she was an investigator who had to juggle. In addition to all the other kind of family things that we all have to do and what our real lives are, she had to, um, she was juggling all of this drama within, within her group. Um, and actually, the, some aspect of it became so bad that my first speaking engagement um, was because she had canceled, because she couldn't uh, be with one of the people who was there, and, you know, I was asked to step in. And, and so it's this really interesting thing because she started this coalition, um, and I talk about it, in my book, um, picture yourself, uh, picture yourself, go something um, about this coalition that she had tried to form, um, and it was going on for a while, and then people really started to get down on it. 
uh, which is where this whole idea of are there rules in the paranormal? And people have started to attack her, um, basically calling her, uh, you know, like the paranormal police, like the person coming in, kind of criticizing other people for how they were investigating, trying to institute rules. Um, and so that's, that's why I really want to, if there are people out there who want to kind of chime in on things that they think uh, should be rules in the paranormal, um, I would love to hear from them. Um, I, here's my approach to it. I think in terms of procedure, like how you should enter an investigation, um, and I always say investigation, and I'll never use the word client, um, whether you're working in a, in a private home, whether you're working in a location um, that's not private or, you know, not at least not a family attached to it, um, someplace like Bailander, um, I think that there's protocol for that. You know, and I think that you should, you know, do things, very simple things, get permission. Um, and I really think the golden rule kind of triggers in for everything, like do on to others. Like, if you are interacting with a family, how would you want to have someone react to you and interact with you if you were going through that? Um, but in terms of the investigating itself, uh, I really think the gloves are off. Um, I think that if you're responsible with what you're doing, that pretty much any way you want to investigate, as long as you're following the rules of being, you know, having permission to be where you are and being respectful while you're there uh, of both the living and the potentially dead, I think there are no other rules. Um, what do you think about that, Costa? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I, I agree. Um, it, it is nice to get on the same page with a lot of things as far as investigations go. Like you said, protocol things and um, like asking permission, things like that. Right. But as far as as far as investigating, I think investigating is investigating, whether you, you're uh, using a psychic or using a EMF detector. I think it's either way. It's it's still investigating. It's still searching for answers. I, mean, I think you have to be truthful, and you have to kind of be um, you have to be good and wash your hand and have your hands clean with the way you want to investigate and set it up as like this is what I do. I'm being, you know, uh, I'm truthful and I'm being respectful, but this is how I do it. Um, I remember, and, and actually, this coalition she was talking about, I kind of, when she originally approached me, was like, mm, I'm not sure if I want to be with this because some of the stuff I don't agree with. Um, you know, uh, and then I'm just kind of, from memory, throwing out some of this um, because the, the part that's in my book doesn't cover some of this. But, uh, for example, there was um, not using a Ouija board. Um, which, you know, we've talked about on this show, the, the, the pros and cons of that. Um, and it wasn't, I was hailing that you should be using a Ouija board or you shouldn't, but that you should be given the choice to. Big, big, big first, I guess First Amendment paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to write my doctorate on this. Um, you know, that, that I, I can't tell someone how to investigate. I mean, I know that I, um, in my early days especially, went to cemeteries, used Ouija boards in cemeteries. Um, I know that I did things that probably couldn't be duplicated, um, uh, I used to do a lot of uh, stuff with sound that had really no scientific basis. I was just trying to, you know, jangle the chains and see what would come up. And so, you know, I, I think that, 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 you know, I, the way that I feel is investigators have to have a motivation. Um, my personal motivation has always been to document um, and not prove. I know a lot of people want to prove things. And so I guess if you are coming from that angle, if you... If your goal is to prove that the paranormal exists, if your goal is to convince somebody, and I'm not quite sure who you're trying to convince, but um, then, yes, 
there are certain things you need to do. There's certain things you need to be consistent with. Um, you know, and a lot of people want to attack, uh, you know, once again, to, to say the word legend trippers and people who are going to a place just to experience the paranormal. I think that's perfectly fine as long as they're not hailing themselves as investigating or as having, like, a deeper meaning behind what they're doing. I think it's perfectly fine to do that as long as you are basically saying that that's who you are. Yeah, not calling yourself something you're not. Or... Right, right. And, and, and you know, I, I guess, you know, if there's being safe is, is always a, a rule. Um, I think whether that means going out with um, a team or going out with someone, um, doing certain things to protect yourself. I remember, um, <laughs> and, and I used to say, like, you know, and, and this was back in the day before, you know, cops were really looking out for investigators um, in certain locations, but, you know, I used to always carry my grandfather's old flapjack. Oh, wow. Um, figuring that if anything, you know, ever happened, then, you know, if I was encountering the, the living and not the dead and things got too intense, at least I'd have something. Of course, I didn't think that he'd have to be less than a foot away from me to be effective with that, so um, I remember going through the Bridgewater Triangle, uh, right through the... Um, the, uh, actually, the, the, the Wampanoag, uh, not Wampanoag, the, the swamp, and um, having Moniz with me, and he was carrying a hatchet. <laughs> you know, I guess, and, and that was perfectly fine for us. We didn't think of, of yeah. you know, like, <laughs> you shouldn't be carrying I, weapons on an investigation. I, I do have to say, um, about probably about five years ago, five or six years ago, uh, when we did go out on investigations, um, and we would actually be like, all right, if the cops come by, what story are we going to tell them? Because we can't tell them we're paranormally investigating. We're, right, right. Because they're not going to believe us. But now you can just say, well, we're doing a paranormal investigation. They'll be like, okay, don't break, yeah, I, I, don't break anything. I don't break you know? anything. <laughs> don't hurt yourself. I remember one time we were investigating um, out near Worcester. And it's, it's the exact area is killing me now. But oddly enough, it's a, it's a place that Carrie and I we're both featured in an article on. And we got stopped. Maybe it was a Pax, it was Paxton State Park, I think we got. And the cops were like, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, and then they stopped us right in the middle of the road in the state park. The park was closed. Uh, we were right there on the road. Now, as a matter of fact, you know, to, to, to tie it in, we, I believe we did have a Ouija board out there. And the cop flashed. and was like, well, huh, you guys are crazy. What are you, man, what are you guys doing? And, you know, Oh, we're you know we're just looking we're just looking for ghosts. You know, we would have never thought back then to say we were investigating ghosts. We were looking for ghosts. Oh, we heard some things. We're looking for ghosts, and guys like oh, you know, in that moment of like, what's he gonna say? And he's like, all right, you guys gotta get out of here. But let me tell you this. Uh, and he shared a few stories that he had experienced while he was kind of patrolling there. And then he sent us off somewhere else. He sent us off. Oddly enough, he sent us to a <laughs> cemetery oh, <wow>. <laughs> or a grave. Uh, yeah, cemetery, right? Uh, behind a church, and he said. You guys allowed to go in there. The cemetery's open after dark. Feel free to go in there. And then he got on his we got right on his he got right on his headphones, right on his walkie, and he was like, um, "Hey guys, just you know, uh, I've got some uh, some some people coming down. Um, they're going to be respectful. They're going to be in the cemetery there. So if you guys do weird lights or anything, you know, don't worry about it. It's just, it's just them." And uh, and it was like, "Wow, oh my, well, this is the coolest cop That's of cool. all time." <laughs> uh, Chris, we have a call on the line, or we did. Excellent. No, not anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that was carried from maybe trying to call back in. Okay, should I give her a call? Do you want to take a quick break and I'll get her back on the on the line? Uh, hold on one sec for me. Sure. <laughs> 
you can call right back. Okay. All right. So, so we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to get a little bit more from Carrie. Maybe we'll switch gears to this paranormal uh, police and, and kind of like some of the issues she's been in, run into in investigating and move away from the uh, from the investigation. And uh, we're going to have Carrie back when we come back. Sounds Listen good. Listen to Spooky South Coast. Something strange is coming your way. You wait. You listen. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here's more of Spooky South Coast. We are tonight's entertainment. Designed and directed by his red right hand. Um, we are back with <laughs> Carrie. Carrie of, uh, of the, the children uh, on bed and uh, taking their rightful place on Sleepy Sleepy Land. Little sleepy, sleepy land, yeah. <laughs> no, my son Travis. I think he's got the same cold I do, and he's just—he's not doing too well. Um, but he's sleeping, <laughs> so. I know it is a balance, and it's—it's it's, it's funny because usually, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about the technical difficulties having to do with Jackie, uh, who was originally supposed to be on the show tonight, and it's so odd how my children seem to get sicker. Uh, whenever I'm working on some of these cases that involve some of the, the weirder aspects of things, and it's like, hmm, is there a connection, or do I just have really sickly kids? Hmm, I don't know. That's an interesting concept. That's something you, you might want to monitor over the years. No, seriously, though, because I, I, I forget who told me a long time ago that sometimes right before, like, a, an active case, um, odd things might happen, um, whether it be in your house or, like, just, bizarre, I don't know, um, occurrences or coincidences or more so than, the, you know, normal. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Or, like, your car might right. break down, but, like, in, and then every, every time you go to try to revisit this case, your car would break down again. You know what I mean? So it's like, is something preventing you from going on that case? Right. And, and more importantly, should we heed that or should we be more drawn in to do the case because of that? I would be more drawn in to do the case because I'm curious to know why <laughs> I'm totally. being prevented to do to do the case. But I didn't say what do we do. I said what should we do. <laughs> <laughs> We're the people, of course, uh, both you and I and everyone here on our Spooky South Coast are the ones that go running into the haunted building as opposed to running out of the haunted building. So, right, right. We're like firefighters. <laughs> you know? Right. Now, Chris, so you were you were um, we were talking. Uh, while you're away, about the, how you had gotten uh, pegged at some point as being the paranormal police. And, oh. and we, yeah, we were talking about you behind your back. And um, oh, I, heard. I had brought up, <laughs> oh, you heard, good. I had brought up the, the coalition you had kind of formed, and, and I'm quoting you now um, in, in kind of your original charter for that. Um, this alliance would be mutually formed to ensure that all our reputable groups out there who have training, experience, high standards, and professionalism. Now, nothing seems to be too controversial in that. Um, we recognize that we cannot control every negative thing that happens in the paranormal field, but we can give our clients and those looking for help some security and knowing they are not being taken for a ride. 
Ultimately, the goal of forming this alliance is to unify those that want to study and learn about the paranormal without placing restrictions, commitments, and dues upon individual groups. Do you still feel that way today? Um, with the, with the, with the, with the alliance? I mean, it would be nice to see, you know, everybody working together and under, and under the same blanket or under the same um, method of, of investigating, yes. Right, and... and why do you think that's important? I mean, do you, I mean, there seems to be two levels of this. There seems to be a kind of groups working together, groups getting along apart, uh, and then a kind of, you know, a baseline from which, you know, both information we get and deviations are. Which, which do you think is the more important of those? Well, I mean, as far as in, in, in working in an alliance, it, and it, it gives a bunch of different teams, you know, um, if you go on to a case and, and you, you know, you start seeing a pattern. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, you know, you go in into, into a case and certain things, uh, there's a baseline EMF, there's a lake outside, there's, um, it's raining out, or if, if you know, they have, they, they have a child, or and you, and you start seeing a pattern of behavior, okay, so if they have a child is, you know, and, and it, it stems around the child, and you start seeing, you know, the same actions and behaviors from that child. So now you have a group, say, across in California, you know, totally across the country, they're experiencing the same the same thing. It's, it, it might be a different environment, but if they've got a child, you know, that's experiencing the same type of, um, you know, being scared or, you know, their covers are being pulled off at night or, you know, you can start to get some common ground or or get some common information. Well, why is that? Why why are two... I'm just using this as a hypothetical, um, right, right. you know, as far as giving a case scenario. Why are two, two separate households experiencing the same thing when the elements are pretty much the same? You know, maybe the family size or something's a little different or whatever, but why, why is that happening? You know, it might be on two different, you know, dates. You know, what, what is common about these two things? Then when you start seeing a lot of more common things, you know, again, if you get back to the EVPs, you know, if you're getting a lot of intelligent responses and it's coming across at a certain frequency level and you start getting more into scientific looks at things. You know, I've seen people, you know, going with strobe lights, black lights, um, you know, different types of with those IR cameras, you know, the video cameras that you see on a lot of the shows now too, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I've actually... You know, I've, I've talked to over the years, um, actually, Jim Brown from Jim's Destinations, a little shout-out there, uh, he's a technical guru, and um, he actually had access to, to one of those. <clears throat> and some of the stuff that, you know, he could capture on a regular video camera <clears throat> wasn't giving up any kind of heat signature. So, I mean, if, if you take that as an example, and then you've got somebody else trying to, do that well maybe those devices or that particular you know piece of equipment is not functioning maybe that right. is something we should just sweep under the rug and like move on you know instead of you know if someone gets something on it that's great examine it but not focus on that too much right do you we're know what i mean call in right now sorry this right. we're gonna bring a call right up we have dave on the line okay how are you tonight how's it going guys hey how's it going guys Excellent, Dave. Good to hear from you. Oh, I, I, you guys are awesome. You know, when I I'm not I haven't been around as long as you guys have. Um, 
I mean, you guys are old timers. God, you've been around since what the nineties. We're not. We're not spending too much time stroking our gray beards, are we? <laughs> you get some tennis balls on your walkers. Oh man, um, you know when I was starting out, it, the stuff you guys had your sites under those mass crossroads. Um, Carrie said I, I'd gotten directed to hers by one of the guys um, from the group that I first started with. So you know I, I get to follow a lot of the local stuff around here, and um, you know, and after being around for a few years, I've kind of um, developed a sense because of being able to go to all your different sites and get different opinions and ideas. Um, as far as a prerequisite, I would think, or some type of a rule as far as investigating, kind of uh, making sure that the people that are going in stay kind of open-minded as they're on the investigation, uh, you know, checking the belief systems at the door. I kind of mentioned it in the chat tonight. Um, just to, to make sure that we're totally open to uh, any possibility of anything that we come across. Um, is there a protocol you know, you, that you follow that you think you know can't be broken? Is there something you do that you feel um, every group should be doing this? Um, to a degree, yeah, I think I, I think so because um, if you're kind of going with a, a preconception, you're kind of blocking out a lot of possibilities. And you know, if I, I, I personally just don't like to be say that, hey, I've got this idea and this is probably the way it is, and Right. If I shut out all those other possibilities, if I'm going into someone's home and trying to help them figure out what's going on and only allowing myself that one avenue to work with, I could be missing a whole lot of other stuff that could be, you know, an explanation or something that could help them find an explanation and kind of get closure or figure out what's going on. And that's really hard when evidence starts to point uh, in one direction. Um, all of a sudden you start thinking, wait a minute, it could be this, and, and those, those kind of blinders start to develop. And so it's really hard when you're out in the field in an investigation to keep that open-mindedness when factors are telling you that it might be something else. And with that being said, though, you know, one of the, one of the, the better ways that I, that I like to approach that um, over the years is I like not to do the history until way after. You know what I mean? Like, get in there maybe once or twice, see what kind of is going on, maybe pull a little bit of the history of it, um, right. you know, just to, to get a little bit of an outlook. But, you know, if there's been any, you know, deaths or anything else in the area, any tragedies or anything like that, because if you get the history before you go into a location, you're already, your mind's already focused that, that that's why that's happening, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I approach it differently, and so I think that there's definitely two schools of thought, but I totally see that other side of not knowing anything. I want to know everything about a place before I go, mm -hmm. um, just because I'm, I'm totally one of those people who wants to be so prepared and, and know things and make connections and be looking for things. So it, it, I think there's, there's a, a danger and a value to kind of both of those approaches. I think one of the, one of the best ways to, to do that, to not develop those blinders, is to um, maybe not share what you're thinking as, in the moment. Uh, and so if you're with investigators who are getting information, they're getting the same information, but they're also getting, you know, through their filters, then you're going to maybe come to the table afterwards with, you know, five different viewpoints on things. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and, and with that... Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and with that, like what I've done before and, and when I had a, my house in Athol that was haunted, <laughs> um, 
they I had gone out. Uh, there was a store like not even a block away. And me and one of my my investigators went down there. We were having a meeting because I one of the soda bottles exploded, and I went to go get more. And while I was gone, they all smelt something. And what they did was they all wrote it down on a piece of paper. They didn't right. share it until I got back. And when I got back, um, they had all had said that you know they had smelt like fire. And it was ironic because the house, before we had purchased it, I don't know, it was back in the 60s, had had an, a fire. Um, and I was just, you know, it was just good to know that, you know, that they, they, they instead of sharing it with somebody, because you can actually coerce somebody, um, you know, not meaning to, but, oh, like, I smell this. And they might say, oh, yeah, I, I smell the flower smell. Do you know what right. I'm saying? So they're, yeah, they're yeah, already right. kind of misled in a way instead of validating it in, in a different way in a different method yeah I, I remember there, there was a, um, a, a story that I was, I was told um, about you know and, and they were experiencing something paranormal it was very intense at the time and they decided both okay write down exactly what you're experiencing and they didn't share it to each other with each other until afterwards and one of the interesting aspects of it became um, became the fact that they had viewed it differently even though they were both Within the room, they were both looking at the same exact thing that was happening. It was kind of this unexplained, um, probably not a ghost figure that was there, and yet there was also something in that. You know, they had everything that they were doing ended up being completely opposite of each other in terms of visually. Like they were seeing it, one was seeing a positive, and one was seeing a negative. Like if you were looking at like a picture and the negative of the picture, and it became an aspect of the of the of the actual case. So, Dave, you still with us? Okay, Coffee, we still have that other call on the line? Uh, yep. Beautiful. Why don't we bring on that second person? Hi, welcome to Spooky South Coast. Hello, you're on Spooky South Coast. Hello? Hi, how are you tonight? How are you guys? Excellent. We're spooktacular. See, I knew I would get it in before time. <laughs> yeah, where's the big guys? You're not in tonight? Uh, well, I'm a pretty sizable man myself, uh, but if you're talking about... <laughs> oh, no, I meant, I meant the chief. Yeah, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Hey, look, I'm I'm glad, I know you guys are talking about different things. Uh, Lizzie Borden tonight doing an event. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's cool. Hey, look, I've got a question for you guys. I'm not sure if you had any experience with uh, the incubus. Um, I have. I've had. I've had cases where I thought that there might be something like that involved. Yeah, because I've got a. I've got a pretty crazy one for you here. It's a, it's a little embarrassing, uh, and I haven't really told many people this. Could I? You know, you guys mind if I tell you? Oh no, not at all. Well, we'll you can make up a name if you're really embarrassed. Yeah, this is Mike. Okay, Mike. It's, uh, you know, I know we're on AM here. How frank can I get? You know the nature of these creatures. It's a bit sexual. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how, you know, explicit I can get with, with this. Uh, just well, none we, of the seven have... words. Okay, no, there won't be any curse words. But, you know, they'll be, you know, frank. It's almost like you were in health class in eighth grade. You know what I'm saying? It's almost it's That's... almost midnight. I think it might be all Okay, right. well, here's my thing. I live in, uh... Okay. I live in, uh... We'll fix it in post if there's an issue. <laughs> All right, I live in Aunt Rainham there. You guys know where Rainham is? Yeah. So, you know, I, I go to Bridgewater uh, State College, and I, I used to have this apartment in Rainham on High Street. And so one night I'm alone, you know, I was uh, reading a book, whatever. I shut off the lights. I, you know, I hid the sack for the night. And uh, I'm awoken in what seems to me about 10 minutes later by my, my front door slamming, okay? You guys still there? Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, I get this feeling. I was like, you know, I, I, 
I said, I think I'm being robbed. I got that feel, real terror as though my home was being invaded. You guys, I don't know if right, you've ever been right. robbed before. You know, I come from a rough background. It's very unpleasant when your house is being broken into. So I got that same sort of sensation. I gotcha. Okay, now a moment later I hear other doors in the house slamming as though somebody's running through the house, if you catch my meaning. Mm-hmm. So was I it, sort of... I can just talk one second with the doors uh, slamming in sequence, or was it in one section of the house and then another section of the house, or did it seem to be like... No, in like a actually... sequence, like it was running up the hall, that kind of a thing. So I'm okay. starting to think now it's an attacker, so I'm getting really... You know, you guys have been mugged. I've been mugged probably about eight times, and it's very unpleasant, you know... Being mugged, you feel like it's the most invasion. It was that kind of a feeling, but it's you know it's pitch black in my house, so it's even worse. You guys catch my meaning here? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm lying in bed. I'm I'm in the the prone position, just filled with dread. Really, there's there's no other way to put it. And I start to smell this uh, almost like the smell of like a compost heap or like earthen mm-hmm. an earthen smell. You guys know what I'm saying? Like just yep. Like if you were to dig it down like a few feet in the ground, you get you. I'm in construction. So I'm always digging out foundations, and you get that dirty smell. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like, um, like you know, rotting rubbish, or or just kind of like that fertile, stinky smell. But kind of infertile. Right. It was almost okay. like people buried like like prosthetic legs in the ground, and I was unearthing that, like just a real foul stench. Okay. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Just so you know, buddy, we have about three minutes left. No, I'm going to wrap it up real quick. Uh, okay, so okay. the next thing I know, I'm being uh, penetrated by this, this incubus, right? And uh, I was so so terrified. You know, the, I could feel, like, his tongue down my throat. I could feel, the, you know, not to get too graphic, the penetration. And, it, you know, it felt like it. I mean, again, I couldn't even open my eyes, guys. It was a feeling of absolute horror. Now, eventually this thing passed, you know, it went away, and I was lying in bed, you know, not sobbing, but weeping a bit to myself. And, you know, my question is, I mean, you know, how do I get this to come back? You know what I'm well, saying? I would say the, uh, yeah, I would say the best thing you can do yeah. is invite it back. Okay. Yeah, so if that's something... But is it really weird like, that it goes male to male? Mm-hmm. That was my... Because it was, it was the male version. I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man. I'm, I'm a homosexual. Is, is that strange? Because I always heard it would go to the opposite sex. Well, I, I think that, you know, wherever, wherever the spirit world can get it from, it's going to get it from. So if, especially right. if you start to like it and it could possibly, uh, you know, go for another round, I think it's going to, even if you're, you know, whatever orientation you want to be, it'll find you. If you, if you want it, it'll find you. So it's not, I mean, you know, it felt like a bit of a violation, but it was, you know, I don't want to say it was, it was almost like lovemaking in a sense, like, it didn't seem to, it seemed to want it to be attacking me. It was very aggressive in its manner, but I was almost enjoying it. Is that, you know, am I welcoming something evil into my house if I just, you know, there's not a lot of guys, I don't know if you guys have been to this area before rain, you know, there's not a lot of guys out here. It's mostly, you guys ever go out to the Taunton Mall? It's mostly chicks, you know what I'm saying? Right. Ever since they closed right. the Old Navy, nobody comes up there. So there's not a lot of guys, and again, am I inviting something evil into my body? Or is oh, it completely, cool? Completely. And, and it's, you know, I think that um, the, the attack and yet enjoying it thing is, is where it gets its, uh, its ability to visit you again and again and be able to have its way with you. So um, it's definitely, you know, there are very few people who have that kind of experience who say it wasn't uh, unpleasant at first, even though it might have been 
taking by force. So, well, at first it was horrible because you had somebody. That's what you're into by the role of it. Yeah, because you know, at first it was awful. You know, somebody's ripping through my house. I heard it like smashing dishes and like. Uh, I mean, this is strange. I almost think I heard it on the phone. Like it sounded like a long distance call. So that's irritating. You don't want right. the thing, you know, running up my bill. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't even work, so I can't really afford that. Right. But I, I was think that really into the house, came... you're going to find in, in both, you know, the spirit world and the human world. So, you know, if, if that's the kind of relationship you want to get into, well, um, I don't preferably, you know, but I mean, make sure, you, you know, make sure you just make sure you invite me when you guys get together because I think you guys have a long future together. Like you guys ever go on Craigslist? There's not a lot out there. Yeah, there's not. Yeah. So, Costa, how long are we till the uh, top of the hour there, brother? Um, Say again, man. We have All about right. one minute left. Okay. Mike, uh, thank you very much. Please. Uh, oh yeah, please no sweat. And tell us how you and your and your um and your guests are doing, and, and we'd love to follow you on that. Yeah, I'll try to call back next week when uh, what's his name? When, when the Jewish fellow's in, I'll try to call back. Yeah, Tim loves that stuff. So you you can tell him I sent you too, brother. Hey, guys, I'm a big fan of the show. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. Okay. Carrie, reaction? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, <laughs> never heard of anything like that as far as that intense. Right. <laughs> so I was just kind of just listening and, and didn't honestly didn't know how to respond to something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that that gentleman was obviously uh, joking with us, um, but, you know, for those people who have had incubus and succubus attacks, it always is very seductive at first. So it's actually, even though he was, he was kind of uh, pulling our paranormal leg. Uh, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of got that really part. <laughs> yeah. At the end, more okay. towards, I mean, in the beginning, it sounded like a logistical thing, um, but you know, more towards like the middle, towards the end, it's like, okay, this guy's <laughs> he definitely, you know, playing around. <laughs> <laughs> Which oddly enough was a lot like that phone call. So. Makes go, good Carrie, radio anyway. We're going to thank you for uh, for coming on the show. Uh, her name is Carrie from Nick. Um, are you are you going to be having a web presence anytime soon other than your Facebook? Are you going to be coming back online with some of your uh, research and findings and ideas? Oh, absolutely! Eventually, everything should you should be good to go. Um, it's just right now with the new baby and the kids and everything. My my, my t- time is of the essence. So right, I'm with you. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. You get in touch with me. I'll post the stuff on Spooky South Coast at SpookySouthCoast.com. And, uh, and, and we'll keep in touch. Thank you very much for having for coming on tonight. Thank you very much. Yeah, guys, have yourself a great night. You too. All right, Bye-bye. and that's the end of our show. Unfortunately, an hour and a half blowing by way too fast. My name's Chris Balzano for Matt Costa, for Tim Weinsberg and Matt Moniz not in the house tonight. I want to thank you guys for listening in tonight. And uh, stay spectacular. <laughs>